Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Contra Radio Network. Preparedness Radio. With your host, John Jeffers. Good evening. John Jeffers here on a Wednesday night. Your host, founder and executive producer here at Contra Radio Network. I am here to chat with you and to provide you with valuable, matter of fact, invaluable information for your prepper and patriot wants and needs. All right, Neil, tonight um, my guest is going to be Rob A. Rob got a hold of me last week, and he says, hey, I want to come on your show. I said, okay, fine. What do you want to talk about? And he says, I want to talk about homesteading. Okay. So here we are tonight. Rob will be calling at about 8.15 or so. Uh, Notes. Notes I want to put out to you. Uh, One thing, congratulations to Pam Coz. That's Terry's wife. She took her citizenship oath today. So to Pam Kaz, I say to you this, welcome to the club. That's always good news. When we have a new citizen, new legal citizen. All right. Uh, Second thing, finally in, after about, I don't know, almost a year, not quite, but almost. I want to say thank you to Kevin Hartley and his law firm for successfully pursuing my needs and wants. My needs and wants are this. The CRN logo has been trademarked. That's right. So for those of you out there trying to scam your way with Contra Radio and everything else like that, No more. That will be an infringement on my trademark. The logo, show, everything's been trademarked. (laughs) Took forever. But then again, it was a government project, so, yeah. Efficient? No. And with Kevin Hartley and his uh, law firm, I want to say something about those guys. Very conscientious. And they were not the cheapest out there, but... For the price and what they offered. And when I say they weren't the cheapest, they were probably one of the most expensive ones out there, but they pulled it off. They got it done. And so um, with that, um, I've had a chance to chat with Kevin for a little bit about CRN. And so you might see some different things uh, going into effect. So we'll see what happens with it. In the meantime, Porky Wheel 
is in the video feed chat room on Facebook. Go to the Contra Radio Network group page, and you can feel free to join us on the video feed. And Austin has also joined us in the video feed chat room. Welcome, gentlemen. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Absolutely. Let's think. What else do I want to tell you? No, so later on tonight, I have to go back through all my graphics and apply the little, you know, circle, the R circle. It's a registered trademark. So we'll get that taken care of tonight. So that's something I'll be doing. Be listening to Spotify and my listening, uh, my playlist. So I was going to tell you guys. We, even though listenership has dropped, and it could be, like I said, I think it's due to the election of Donald Trump. A lot of preppers and patriots really don't feel the excruciating pressure or need to keep prepping. And the patriots, however, are rocking and rolling. That's good. I like patriots. So with that said, let us move on to another subject. Let me find it first. <laughs> oh, yeah. A uh, little story I want to tell you. How many of you out there watch The Walking Dead? I've been watching it since it debuted years ago. And they got this character. He's introduced last, uh, last season, and he's on this season. I'm talking about the character of Negan. <laughs> well, the other uh, last week I was at a uh, birthday party. I was a little inebriated, not quite. I mean, I had my share of uh, Jimmy Beam. And um, I usually don't drink. I don't drink nearly as much as I used to. So I usually drink maybe once or twice a year. But this was one of those times, so I did. Well, I I came home, and I was able, and, you know, know, the wife drove, because there's no way I'm driving. I came home, and I realized... I can talk like Negan. Needless to say, the wife didn't find it so amusing and fun. <laughs> it got to the point, uh, you know, the, the dog, you know, the dog was here, you know, the Malinois was here and got home and I said, puppy, dog, puppy, dog. And I kept saying that and the wife finally said, shut up. <laughs> So whenever I want to irritate her, I just start talking like Negan. I, no, I don't carry a baseball bat named Lucille with me when I do it. That, that All I need to do is start talking like Negan, and it gets her crazy. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to share that with you. Yeah, on occasion, the dog, when I do that, the dog will look and go, uh, so... Uh, the dog looks at me like, okay. All right. <laughs> I had to share it with you guys. I know some people get it. Some of, If you don't watch the show, you won't get it. But if you do, you'll get it. You'll, you'll hopefully give you a little chuckle. All right. Uh, I want to write. Hey, we got a new listener, new follower. It's Angela and Gabriel. I'm not sure which one it is. But, needless to say, I'm not going to use their last names because we don't do that here at CRN. 
You know, a lot of preppers and patriots don't like their last names used, but that's okay. I know it, and I'm not going to put it out there. So I say, in fact, Angela uh, plus Gabriel have managed to find us here on the CRN group page. Ah, we got Gabriel. Okay, it's Gabriel. Welcome, Gabriel. Glad you're here. Uh, They just liked the page this afternoon, from what I could tell, and went ahead and boink, 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 and liked it, got him in there. Uh, apparently Rob A is in the room and went for him to call in 516-453-9389. And we'll start talking about homesteading. Now, if you have questions about homesteading, what it is or what, it, you know, this is Rob's experience with it. So we're going to let Rob talk about it. That's what we want to talk about. We're going to, you know, let him fly with it. So that's, you know, it's just the way it is. So in the meantime, as soon as we get him going, we'll get him in here. We will put him on, and we'll get started. Now, if you want to uh, get a hold of uh, Rob, ask him questions about homesteading, or you know, comment on it, or whatever, our number is 516-453-9389. Also, you can get a hold of us on the chat room on the video feed. It's rocking and rolling right now. Got a few people in there. That's good. Good stuff. Now, I was thinking about... Um, I, I've, been, I've asked you guys the last couple of months, you know, what show, you know, CRN is the name of the network. That's what it is. But the Wednesday night show, I don't have a name for. So I was, you know, I've been thinking around there and um, I, I wanted to try this out. One, want to know what you guys think. I was thinking about calling the show Nightfly. Or maybe the Nightfly or just Nightfly. What do you guys think? Let me know. You know, I'm just kind of punching around. Because now that i got the, uh, the CRN trademark, any show I do is protected by that trademark. So um, it's like uh, I believe the term is intellectual property. Okay, fine. Whatever. All right. What else do we have going on? Um Mm-hmm. All right, it's like Rob's calling in. Let's get it going. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, John, how are you? Good, my friend. Good, good, good. I see your uh, buddy Gabriel is in with us tonight. That's good. You're a good listener. Yeah, he's you a... A... You get a gold star tonight. So he's stuck having to hear me ramble on and on all day long, and now he gets to hear me ramble on all night. That's all right. That's all right. So you you got hold of me last week and wanted to do a show about homesteading. Is that correct? It is. Well, take it away, sir. And let me ask you something. Let me just get started. What is your definition of homesteading? When people, you know, we, you know, we preppers and patriots, we, see, we hear the term homesteading. What does it mean? What is it? Being able to try to be as self-sufficient as you possibly can. Now, I'm, I'm still on the grid. Um, we have not gotten to we hit in the works along with the uh, wind power in the works. We do not have that, we do not have that complete yet. Um, as of right now, we try to raise as much of our own food as we can. Um, mm-hmm. We um, all of our water is caught off the roof. Um, we heat our house exclusively with firewood, and um, we try to grow as much. Of our vegetables as we can, and we try to raise as much of our of the meat as we can. And part of that is, is 
is I'm getting now, now into the green feet thing with my animals. Hey, Rob, I'm losing your so, signal. A, you got me now? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, you keep cutting in and out. Go ahead. Um, I'm, um, I'm calling on it via the Internet. Yeah, you're cutting out on me again. Do it. Call me back. Uh, darn it, this call just dropped. He'll call me back. This is my good friend Terry Koz from the great state of Missouri. Welcome, sir. Welcome back home. Howdy. How are we doing today? Well, good, good. Waiting to get Rob to call back. He's losing. I was losing his uh, signal. Must have been on the cell phone. That happens. If you call in and you're on the cell phone, there's a possibility your signal cuts in and out. He'll he'll call back. He'll, you know, Rob will call back. Right. No, we uh, right now we're on our way. We're driving. We're in Kansas City, and we're about we're going to approach our hotel uh, tomorrow. My wife Pam is become, is swearing in for her American citizenship because she's from Thailand. So mm-hmm. yes. we're gonna have another conservative voter. She's yes, really upset that she didn't. She she, she really is uh, was upset that she didn't get to vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. She'll get another shot at it. Hey, is this Rob? Yeah. I got Rob back on again. Yeah, I'm back now. Ah, very good. All right. Let's uh, start again. Just, uh, just, just one quick announcement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make one small, uh, one video commentary about my trip to Puerto Rico. And uh, I know you've been following my, um, some of my updates from Puerto Rico. And uh, I'm gonna make one final commentary. And uh, I, I am sure that it's gonna piss some people off because. It's going to be a little bit of criticism on uh, the differences on how some people are grateful and how some people are not. How some people don't prepare their ass, can't they can't take care of their own selves, but yet some people can. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it basically it comes out to be city people are city people and country people are country people, and uh, so. I'll let you look at that, John, and then if you like it, we can just share it to uh, Contra Radio Network. We can. It might be interesting to see some of the some of the other political things that I found out that's going on down there, mm-hmm. like they should why they should not be blaming Trump. Right. So. All right, buddy. Out. Yeah, man. All right. Other than that, I'm just going to listen in. Okay. All right, my friend. Mr. Rob, go ahead, sir. Now, I'm not sure you, where uh, where I died out at. Let's just start it over again. What's your definition of homesteading? For me, it's um, trying to be as self is, is um, being able to t- able to take care of yourself is the best you can. Um, like I said, we grow a lot of our own vegetables. We raise mm-hmm. a lot of our own meat. Um, we are still on the grid. Um, we have solar and wind in the woods. Not quite there yet. Um, we garden. We raise the animals. And now I've been getting more and more into being able to raise my own animal feed. So, therefore, we can keep the full circle going on on our property. Now, we are on seven acres. 
We have a dozen dairy goats, a handful of chickens, a dozen turkeys, and a couple of pigs. Mm -hmm. So um, this past year, this past gardening season, we were container gardening. We had uh, your normal garden out in the ground. Um, I grew about three-quarters of an acre of feed corn. And um, that we harvested by hand on the ear, and we, we work, and then we'll grind it um, as we need it. And we're just trying to do everything by hand. And I'm trying to buy all the tools that could do it all by hand in case of a um, loss of grid. Then we can continue to do as much of it as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, we heat with wood. Uh, we catch all of our own water off the roof. We have a uh, 8,000 gallons. Just burning the ground. Um, we're, we, we've got hand pumps and all that stuff to be able to access the water. And um, we, we're just trying to be as self-sufficient as we possibly can. All right. When did you start homesteading? I bought this property back in 2009, and it was just raw ground. Um, it took me about a year to build the house, and then... Um, been going every year. I've been trying to increase what what we're doing. Very good. All right. You said it took you a year to build the house. Did you have something in mind in a way to build it? For example, did you build it to um, the back of your mind? Did you build it with, say, defensive measures in mind? Or just like a I didn't. Um, I was not into the prepping end of it as much as I am now. So looking back, if I was to rebuild this house today, there are things that I would do differently. Uh-huh. Um, I was at that point in time. I was after efficiency. I wanted this uh-huh. house to be as economical to operate as I possibly can. Uh-huh. Um, during the winter time, our electric bill is about sixty bucks. So and, and like I said, um, our our water is um, is off a roof. Um, we have a septic system here, which is all gravity fed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, in case of a loss of power, that will still operate. So that at that point, that was my um, main goal. I was trying to go off grid. All right. Okay. You know. One thing, you know, I, I want to put a note in here because I was thinking about this this afternoon and I was thinking about our show. And you mentioned, you know, you wanted to be off-grid. I want, some, I want your listeners to understand something. Here. And I want you to keep it in the back of your mind. And that is this. As preppers, for example, you know, I don't speak for all of them. I'm going to speak for myself. And, and that is this. I want to stay on the grid. I want the grid to stay up. I do not want the grid to go down. I, I don't. Life is, a, life is easier with the grid up. It really is. However, if the grid goes down, then that's why we're preppers. If you run across a, you know, a prepper who says, I can't wait for the grid to go down, run. Run away. Because that person, that individual has some serious issues. Now, I can't imagine somebody that says, you know what, I want the grid to go down. I mean, life is hard enough as it is. The grid down is going to make it harder and more dangerous. 
And there's a whole bunch of other issues that go down, that go with when the grid goes down. So just, you know, and they're all little things, all little details that all add up to big things in the long run. So, you know, I can. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm going to talk over you. But I agree with you on that one. And like I said, our electric bill in better times is about 60 bucks a month. It's going to cost me to do a proper solar system to be able to run this house somewhere in the neighborhood of about $8,000. You take okay. that $60 bill and you start going into a return on investment and you'll never get there. By the right. time you start to get close, you're going to probably be replacing batteries and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, my goal for solar is, and I, should, I guess I was a little bit misleading when saying I wanted to go off the grid. I want to have enough solar here to be able to run I've got two deep freezers and a refrigerator. I want enough solar to run those three items, along with a couple lights here and there. Um, one of the things is, um, at any at any time, we could have a full cow, a pig or two, and possibly 100 meat chickens in there. You start adding that up, and that's a lot of money. That is, if we had a major ice storm or something like that, and that goes down. We do have a propane generator, but if I'm not here... Yeah, the freezers will stay cold for a day or two until I can get them from work and, and all that kind of stuff. But I would, I would like to be able to run those three items. If we did have a grid down situation, like an EMP or whatever, having a refrigerator and an operable freezer would be worth its weight in gold. Right. I got a question. You know what? I got a question for, for all of you out there. You know, we all, when you say grid down, we all automatically think in the first few, first few seconds, no electricity. Electricity goes down. Okay. Fair enough. But what about the gas line? You know, would they stay up? And if so, for how long could they stay up? You know, that, I'm just, I don't know the answer to it, and I've always you know, I just thought about that, too. But just some of the things I've been thinking about when I was thinking about this show this afternoon. Does anybody have any answers for that? Because I don't know the answer. What I would think would be the biggest effect of the gas line is I don't know what kind of daily human interaction it takes right. to keep the gas pumps going. But right. if that person is stuck in a grid down and that particular person or that, or that particular group of people can't get to where they need to be to keep the things running, that, I think, would, would affect it more than anything. No, I, I agree. I'm just... And I, and I agree with you 100%. It's like, I don't know how much human interaction there is with it. Now, granted, there are natural gas you know, lines all over this country. I mean, they're underground pipelines. They go everywhere. I get it. But I don't know, like you said, I don't know how much human interaction, you know, I don't know enough about the natural gas system nationally or regionally to figure that one out. So I thought I'd put it out there. It's food for thought for all the listeners. All right. Well, and and then that kind of leads to almost the same thing. If we just have civil unrest, I've worked at power plants for for that, from taking electric. If we have a large enough civil unrest situation and those people cannot get to, cannot get to work and get the supplies that they need, and mm-hmm. a lot of those power plants, you know, do they run on natural gas? You got some that run on steam and blah 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 and all that. 
just having the civil unrest and blocking people from doing what they need to be in their daily lives could potentially cause the grid to go down. Right. So I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Now, uh, Dale S., he just joined us here in the uh, video chat room. He put down, his comment is, I doubt if any of the pipelines are gravity-fed, and I have to agree with him. You know, I, I just, I don't know enough about the infrastructure of the natural gas lines. I just don't. I don't know. Not afraid to say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So there you go. Um, well, okay. What else did you want to say about the homesteading, though, Rob? Um, I guess with um, you hear everybody going, um, one of the major conversations from within the prepper world is bugging in versus bugging out. Oh yeah, yeah. I understand. I, I understand that you know you get people in the inner cities and major subdivisions and all that kind of stuff that plan to bug out. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you're going to bug out to. If my whole theory on that is, if you can't make it within your own home and in your own property, how are you going to make it roaming the streets? So it's just to me to give this the best run that I could possibly give in some kind of a situation that the, the homestead is where is where you need to be. I'm not. I mean, I guess I'm not trying to sound like an ass about it, but I just don't see it. I think, you know, we, we talked about it on this on this show many times, bugging in versus bugging out. And I, unless you have a refuge to go to, it's probably, bugging out should be your last option. Now, Porky Wheel over in Northern Ireland says, uh, he says, we had that problem with civil strikes back in the 70s. He's talking about the utility gases, the gas lines and whatnot. He said, and the Army had to step into the power stations. So there you go. Interesting. Now, Dale S., he has a question for you. I'd like to hear your thoughts on He says, what about saving seed and growing heirloom-type plants in the garden? Do you have any thoughts on that? Everything that we, that we try to grow around here is we try to grow as much heirloom as we possibly can. Um, and we do, and we do um, save our seeds. We save the seeds out of the um, out of the bush beans that we grow. We save mm-hmm. the watermelons and, and all that kind of melons. And um, to, um, there was some stuff that we did grow just because it's high volume. And mm-hmm. to build our stocks up, um, we grew cucumbers, and they just went nuts. And my wife canned probably a hundred pints of pickles, and um, one thing that, um, since we're on the topic of, of the gardening and everything else, um, we did two separate types of gardening this year. My wife did a container garden on our back deck where she had, I think, 10 of the old galvanized, old-fashioned wash tubs that we picked up at yard sales and flea markets and everything else. I don't think we paid more than 10 bucks per, per one. And it was amazing to see how much, how, how, how much, vegetables and produce that she was able to make off of that. So for people to sit there and say that you don't have room for a big garden, you don't need it. If, if you've got a back deck, a back patio, set, set these, these things around your house, you can mm-hmm. produce a lot of what you need. 
But well, uh, you know, it's part of home study, though. I mean, that's yeah. part and parcel of the whole definition thereof. No, it's good stuff. Yeah. So oh, Porky, Porky Wheel wants to know why why you don't do a segment on our on CRN on Saturday or Sunday nights. He wants to know why you won't do a show. <laughs> you know, you know, I really missed. I asked show. you over a year ago, and so I remember explain to the rest of the world why. <laughs> well, I guess I'm following in in um, some of your other, the other people's. I just don't know. If, if I have enough information to put out every week. What? What? You think I got all the answers? I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I got you guys. You're our fearless leader. Oh, stop. please. I sit here and think of these questions like, I don't know enough about this. Yeah, I don't have all the answers. Ask, ask any of the other listeners. See, I think... The, oh, there you go. Thank you there, Porky Wheel. Um... I think, um, you know, a lot of the, I think this, I think you got a really good information about homesteading. Maybe because you're living it. And that gives you the opportunity to come and talk about, you know, success, failures, what works, what doesn't work. I think that's, and that's never ending. As for, you know, I'm just putting it out there, man. See, see, I'm not an expert in anything. I'm just, I'm just a cool there are no and, prepping uh, <laughs> well, Whoever says they're an expert in prepping, I challenge them. Give me your credentials. Where have you lived where the grid's gone down that makes you an expert? Terry came back from Puerto Rico where there is no infrastructure. If, I, it, where, you know, if Terry was still on, he didn't hang up on us. If Terry was still on, I'd ask him, Terry, because you're in Puerto Rico, does that make you a prepping expert? I guess if you say no, because Terry's a very modest guy, believe it or not. But you know, so don't worry about people saying, "Well, I'm not. I don't. I don't have enough. I don't know enough." I started this show and I knew practically nothing. I've been learning from you guys as I go along, and I'm glad I got. We got some really smart listeners here, my friend. And if you don't know, you ask the question. Somebody. We'll get the information out for you. You know, I mean, it's something to yeah. think about. Oh, I, Dale would like to. I try to talk to. I'm sorry, go ahead. Dale has. He'd like to know. Um, he wants to know about other ways of preserving meat, canning, smoking, that kind of thing. Can you comment on that? Um, yeah. We, um, the, um, Oh, it just flipped my head. There is a method of dry curing meat. Um, um, it is you do white layer of salt, apple cider vinegar, and coriander seed. Um, you're you're almost essentially making a beef jerky, but okay. your slices of meat are about an inch thick. Is is what they is, is what they recommend, and you mm-hmm. end up setting this meat out um, overnight. Um, off. On a sheet, it's best if you can hang it. Um, some people build specific boxes for, 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 for doing this, but essentially you just wipe the meat down with the um, apple cider vinegar, a light layer of salt, and then the coriander seed on both sides. Let that sit overnight. The next day, 
you, you take that and you pat it dry, both sides, repeat the song again, and let that sit in a cool, dark room for about a week. No refrigeration whatsoever. Um, I'll have to get back with you on what they call it. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think of it. But there's a bunch of YouTube videos on it. Okay. It's a South Africa. It's an African style thing. But right. um, you can um, there's the smoking in the meat we have not gotten into yet. Um, I have a next door neighbor of mine who is who was born and raised on this particular farm. He lived his entire life on this farm, and he is as old school as we come. And I pump this guy for information every chance I get. Actually, I think we're his entertainment in life. We've got our small little goats and my small little tractor and you know, all that stuff. And all this guy's done is farm his whole entire life. And um, he smokes a lot of his in me when he, he starts butchering all this and stuff. And it's definitely something that we're, we're going to dig into this year. Okay. Porky Will has a question. He wants to know, do you compost? Or does he use fertilizer? Uh, if you do compost, do you use heat or worms? And what do you think is the best? We pull, um, I dig our, um, we've got chicken coops and turkey coops. And we drag right. that out as, as often as I can. And, and the chicken fertilizer is about as one of the best that you can get. Um, we do not have the worm farms. Um, I've, I've checked into it, and actually my father has mentioned that, that he would like to start a worm farm. So I might see if I could put him on that one. No, oh, there you go. Bring the family in. Make sure they have a stake in it. Right. Guess what? Yep. They'll be more than happy to cooperate with you in other ways as well. You get a gold star tonight for that. <laughs> um, if I might, I would like to just um, say one thing. Um, I, um, I posted on uh, Contra Radio on the page yesterday about my father. He was on an honor flight. Um, he is a retired cop, and uh, he was in the Navy, uh, two tours in Vietnam, was a uh, crime scene investigator for 30 years, and mm-hmm. his family is very proud of him. And I just like to do a well, shout-out to him. They should be. Absolutely, they should be. You know, yeah. too many. I mean, too many times we all say, well, thank you for your service. Do we really mean it? I mean, let's be honest about it. Or is that just the thing to say? You know what? I think most people really mean it. And to go along with what you're saying, um, I was up in Lake Geneva about three weeks ago. Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Went to this, uh, this restaurant. It's called Popeye's. Not the Popeye's Chicken franchise. It's, this one was uh, just a local restaurant right there on the lake. And it has, you know, it, it, they, have, they have their fish fry going. Anyways, we're sitting there eating. And then all of a sudden, over the public address system, uh, the hostess comes out and she and she grabs the mic and she says, "Attention, everyone in the restaurant. We have a World War II veteran in our house tonight. Please give him a hand." You know what? Everybody did. Everybody clapped and all that. The old man, he had to be about eighty, his eighties, stood up, took off his hat. You know, did one of these things. You know, thank you. So you know. Too many times we say thank you for a service, but do we really mean it? And something my mom told me, and then, and then, and then we'll go back to it. Um, her father, a colonel in the artillery during World War II, had uh, he, yeah, she, she said he was about. She remembers overhearing a conversation. Doesn't remember who she who, who he was talking to. 
And she always remembered it, and she told and she and she told me about it about it six months ago. And she said, she says, I heard my dad say, I'm so glad I didn't have any sons. And I looked at her and said, why would he say that? She says, he was talking to somebody, and he said, I'm so glad I didn't have any sons because I wouldn't want them to see and endure what I had to during the war. I'm thinking, wow. That's, a, that's saying a lot. Anyways, going back to your homesteading. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you got, you're going to get your dad into this, which is good. That gets the rest of the family involved. Let me ask you something. Do you have provisions for the, your, you know, your mom and dad and your in-laws to join you on the farm? We have, um, back when you and I first talked about a year or so ago, um, the, how um, I had asked the question, I was working about, about 60 miles from home. And uh-huh. if, if the need be, I got to walk home. And one of the things that I had brought up on that was the path that I was going to be taken was going to take me within about a mile of my parents' house. Okay. So, yes, it, it is my plan to get them one way or another. And they do have, they, they also have mountain bikes and mm-hmm. they're both in their early seventies, but they're active and they move around and they've done anything else. Um, okay. And I don't, um, I've, I'm in the process actually of putting them a bag together and then I'm going to leave at their house. I don't know if they would actually go out and put one together themselves, mm-hmm. um, but I'm in the process of putting one together for, for them. But right. yes, it, 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 it has been talked about. That that they will join us at some time. All right, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Now, when you go home study, how just off the top of your head, general figure, how much money have you spent on homesteading, and how much money do you think you have saved since you've been homesteading? Um, my wife is is um on the other end of this and she's listening so I can't really so I'm not going to put the number Ask out there because I'll get shot I will honestly say that go put her on the line said, I don't want to talk to you anymore go get her go get her put her on the line I'll ask her um, yeah okay answer the question or the crown will not be um, this, if you're doing this to save money, I, I don't think it'll happen. Okay. A lot of what we do, I can buy, I can buy, um, chicken and pork and that kind of stuff. You can catch sales and you can buy it for a dollar, something a pound. When All we right. butcher our, when we butcher our meat chickens, it works out to be about, mm, about two bucks a pound. By the time they're all said and done, but the thing is, we know where that meat came from. We know what's in it. We know what it's been fed. We mm-hmm. have the capability of doing it ourselves, and we get this satisfaction of knowing that we did this, that we've done this ourselves. There's an old saying: if you want to make a small fortune in farming, you better start with a big fortune. <laughs> Love it. All right, let me. You know what? Now you said you, your your heating bill for the winter is about sixty dollars. Is that right? That's my electric bill. That's my electric bill. Okay. So when you go to get, when you get your solar panels, all right, 
you do the uh, mm-hmm. Brian and Gary thing, and you get your solar panels rolling. Will you be selling electricity back to the utility? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So you're going to sp- um, so you're, you figure it's going to run you about eight grand for the solar panels, the system, all that stuff. That was if I um, if I was to do a large enough solar system to completely run my whole entire house. I'm looking at doing about eighteen hundred watts. And I should be able to do that for about a, for, for about a thousand bucks. Okay. That's pan, that's panels and batteries and all the components. So the, the price of solar panels has dropped dramatically. Um, Brian had mentioned once a while back about buying panels on eBay and Craigslist and everything else. Two years ago, if you could buy a panel for a dollar a watt, you were doing good. Now you can buy it for forty cents a watt, fifty cents a watt. What? Yes, wow. they, they they have dropped. They have dropped. Wow, that's that's amazing, and and the listeners so, like that. I'm getting little thumbs up across um, the screen in the video feed. I'm looking for like just that. a little bit of. My solar panels are more of a security measure, I guess mm-hmm. we'll call it, or um, a tune convenience measure to be able to have like I said the deep freezers in the refrigerator should we have some kind of a catastrophe also too um, our range runs are healthy and we just added a second 120 gallon of the the pig tanks I call them the upright propane tanks and that'll carry us for about 40 years so I got two of those tanks and that'll carry us about 4 years are you planning on putting solar panels on your roof? Um, we have a, um, not on the main roof of the house, they will go on a porch roof. We've got a metal roof on our house, uh-huh. and it's about uh-huh. a 812 pit, and having to climb them would be a death sentence. So, But we have, but there's going to be a lower porch roof um, on a south-facing wall, and that's I'll where give our you a panels will go. I'll give you a dollar. I want to see you do it. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> climb it, Rob. I want to watch. Climb it. Mm-hmm. I, I've been up that roof when I, when I installed it. That was enough. Oh, you know, uh, so are you planning to do like uh, the Gary or Brian thing and kind of make it like a uh, solar panel farm, like in rows, or just want to put those panels right there on the porch roof? Um, they're going to go on the porch roof. I'm looking at, at the 305-watt panels. So okay. there's six of them on there. And then um, I was able to get a 50-foot uh, light pole from my work. And, okay. um And then that is going to be the uh, wind power. I'm looking at doing an 800-watt wind um, um, system. All right. Which will, which will back up the solar. All right. Wow. Uh, Brandon had checked in briefly. He's just, I mean, when I say briefly, he was here for a couple minutes. He's working from 1 a.m. to 1 p.m. So <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Have a good day. Brandon, thanks for checking in with us tonight. Um, all right. Oh, and I just wanted to mention, too, that uh, Dale S. is a friend of mine and a co-worker as well. He is. <laughs> yep. Dale's been a listener for a while. Yes. He's been a, a listener and, um, for a while. 
now, Thanks, now he's down in he's down in Kentucky, and um, we've also uh, spoken that um, it's a contingency plan that he's going to most likely head our way. If, you know, uh, excellent. I'm glad you brought that up. Listen, hey, you listeners out there, you listeners are, you know, some of you guys are clustered pretty close to each other regionally. For example, Dale is close to Rob. There's nothing wrong with you guys reaching out and making plans together, making, you know, ideas and whatnot. Something to think about, guys. You listeners out there said, if you're close to other preppers, make contact with them. Find out for sure. Nothing wrong with that. I think I think I think it's a great plan. I think actually I think it's a smart plan. Well, and he's got a lot of skills that, that I don't have. He's I'm not much of a hunter. I've got everything to do it. I've been around it all my life. Know how right. to do it and everything else. But I don't have the experience, and, and he's been hunting his whole entire life. So where I raise the animals, he hunts for the animals, and if if we can hunt for a deer. And eat that and leave an animal here standing alive that could potentially have a baby or whatever, multiply, then mm-hmm. we're that much farther ahead. All right. We have a listener, uh, James D. Now, he may, he, you know, his comment is this. He says, anyone can homestead even in a city or small town or a small house, even if it's just container garden, raised beds, it's not hard. Self-sufficiency is a lifestyle that can grow on you. Home power systems are doable in a yard, roof, or house, or garage, but it depends on what your needs are. So learn to be a minimalist in that regard. Heating is paramount in cold countries, cities, towns, so learn to cut wood. What type of use uh, will burn in a wood burner easily? Learn to make one. Uh, he says, gas is my backup for our pellet stove. We spent around 400 bucks to heat with pellets. Gas backup costs a couple hundred. We have chickens in the town we live in, goats, rabbits, and a neighbor has a potbelly pig down the street. Uh, have rain barrels for a garden, uh, three bee raised beds and foraging, keeps us fed as long with fishing and hunting. We live in a town, yet we live as much sustainably as possible. So it can be done. You don't I, have to farm. And I completely agree with him. And it's funny that, and I'm glad that he put in that comment because after I opened my big mouth uh, to you about doing this show, that then I started getting nervous about what the heck am I going to talk about this whole time. Well, I called Dale today after work, and he was asking me, you know, what my plan was and everything else. I made about a ten-page list here of writing down of exactly what um, James had mentioned. And what got me thinking about this is, like I said, I work with Gabe. He's on his, um, He's not on the big spread and everything else. And he, I kind of opened his eyes within within this week about mm-hmm. some things. And I started rattling off, you know, things that he can do. So I got to right. thinking, what can the average person in your in, in your in your neighborhoods and in your and in your subdivisions? What can these people do? You know, the blue poly barrels are on Craigslist for ten bucks a piece. You know, right. tie your downspout into them, and the and I mentioned the container gardening. Heating can be a can be a challenge if your house is not set for a wood stove. I really don't. Other than wood, I don't know what else you can do for heat unless you can store propane, which propane has an endless shelf life. If you can get a 500 or a thousand gallon tank, it's not going to last for forever, but it's going to get you through the learning curve 
that transition period. So you, it buys you time to figure things out. There you have it. All right, my friend. I got a few more minutes left. Is there anything, you know, listeners, how many of you think that Rob should do a show on homesteading right here on CRN? <laughs> I'm not letting you off the hook that easily, my friend. <laughs> I know you've been thinking about it for a while, and then you freak yourself out, and you get yourself crazy. Gary Mull has joined in on the video chat. Hey, Gary. I think that you should do something about homesteading. You know, one of the things that struck me is, you know, before Julie left, she left Washington, she got to Florida, and then I saw this post from her. She says, I'm not a prepper anymore. I'm a homesteader. Uh, James says, yes, let him. We would love it. Porky Wheel says, do it. April says, go for it, Beebs. Gabe says, do it, Rob. And my roommate agrees. And Porky Will says, hello to Gary. There you go. I See, think we need to make you have this, a built-in I, audience. I think we need to make this a joint effort. Um, myself, oh, you want to Dale, me and Gary Paul, and Brian, oh. us four, can all do a a group chat on homesteading. I talked to Gary in the past. We had instant message back and forth. I know he's you know, a guru and solar and all that. Mall is a savant. When you see the pictures <laughs> of Gary's farm and where he's set up, and you think to yourself, I don't even figure that out. He's one of those people. Brian is the same. Mm-hmm. Now, Brian, you know, Brian had a show here. But he had to stop because of uh, some his wife's health problems. Those are being resolved. Brian will be coming back. So perhaps we could do that, you know, put the show, a homesteading show together. I mean, look, there are lots of homesteading stuff on the Internet. There's tons of them. Go to YouTube. Go to all of them. The thing about the YouTube is this. You can't ask questions. You can't call in. Here on my radio show, you can call in. You can Type in a question, you can call in a question, a comment, or whatever. My thing of it is this. Perhaps you're right. We have to get Gary in so he has a a much more reliable uh, cell phone connection. And I'm sure he'll figure that one out. But maybe with Brian and Gary and yourself, there's no reason why you three can't have a homesteading panel because all three of you have different experiences, different knowledge, and you guys are going to come at the same problem but with different solutions perhaps. And that might be the way to go with it. But think yeah, I think it. that's a great idea. The, the, the other thing is, too, is just a geographic location. Um, I'm pretty sure Gary's more East Coast, right? He's in the... Uh, is he in the... Uh, no, no, he's no. That's Tim. Gary's down in Louisiana, in the Bayou country. Okay. Okay. Well, and then I'm I'm Midwest, and then you got Brian out there in the middle of nowhere. He is in the middle of nowhere. He's in the high the high <laughs> desert of New Mexico. Right. 
It's like, wow. Okay. But again, three different guys living in three different regions, homesteaders. Yes, they, some of the problems might be the same, but we're going to get three different solutions to those problems. So it's very, it, it could be interesting. In fact, Gary says, like, for example, he says, I have no service tonight. It's just buffering, which sucks. I understand that. But knowing Gary, I'll probably put up a massive antenna somehow, and I don't know. I have my ideas, but I just leave it to Gary to figure out because he's a smart guy. Being a homesteader requires some intelligence, people. And if you don't know what you're doing with it, find out. Listen to the show. You can call. Gary or Brian or Rob. Those guys, these guys will have the answers for you. Just something to think about. Something to think about. I'm thinking it might, I think we might got to have a new show here. I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm thinking we can get you guys together. I can't, it's like a brain trust for homesteading. Instead of one mind, I got three minds. All creative and dangerous at the same time. <laughs> it is true. It is true. All right, my friends. Um, do you have any final words you want to talk about? Do you want to come back on and talk some more about this? Or what do you want to do? Um, yeah, I'll stay in touch with you on this and, and with the show and, and all that kind of stuff. We'll work on something together here. We will. We can come up with something, I'm sure. Because, you know, I think a lot of us preppers like the idea. First of all, as a prepper, you like the idea of being self-sufficient. How about being self-sufficient all the time, all year round? Something to think about. You know, just an idea. You can put it out there, see what happens. I like so, it. Um, I get a lot of I when, when everybody hears me about the animals that we have and everything else, and everyone's like, oh, man, it's so much work. It literally took me and my 10-year-old daughter today 10 minutes to go through, feed all the goats, feed the turkeys, feed the chickens, feed the dogs, feed the pigs, water, food, everything they need. <clears throat> like I said, me and my 10-year-old daughter were in and out in 15 minutes. Wow. There are, there are days where you spend an hour. There are days when you're out there you spend a whole Saturday, you know, building this, building that. Right, but it's more about it. It's a hobby. I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, hobby farm, homestead, kind of all the same thing, and mm-hmm. I just enjoy it. So, there you go. Wonderful. All right. Next time, you know, we'll get old Rob a little bit later to figure something out here, and then we'll let the rest of you know. If you like the show, great. Let, us, let me know. I'll pass it along to Rob. I've got his email. It's not a problem. Uh, I'll pass it along to him. And if we need to do a show, another show, some more on this, we can. Because let's face it, everybody says homesteading, and you're thinking, you know, gee, I don't know. Maybe it's not as difficult as you think it is. Let's face it. We've all been conditioned to live on the grid. There was a time... When no one lived on the grid. Case in point, the Tennessee Valley Authority provided electrical service throughout the Appalachian area 
the people who didn't have it. And that was only back in the 1930s. Think about it. Gabriel says, practice makes perfect. ID grid falls. It will be an easy transition. He's got a good point. If oh, if the grid falls, it will be an easy transition. Absolutely correct. I agree with you 100%, Gabriel. All right. There was one okay. more statement that I heard that said back in the old days, everybody had a horse, the rich had cars. Today, everybody has a car, the rich have horses. We've, we've gone ass backwards. Hmm. There's a lot to be said for that. Yes. All right, my friends. Thank you for turning in tonight. Rob, thank you for sharing some of your experience and your knowledge with us. Talk about this again. All right? All right. Well, thank you for for having the platform for us. No, it's no problem. If I can just make it work. All right. All right, Rob. You have a good night, and stay in touch. I want to... Let me get a hold of Brian and Gary, and let's see if we can put something together here. Because this might be, this has a lot of potential, I think. And I want to mull it over, so to speak. No, not Gary it. But, yeah. Okay, very good. All right, Rob. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight, my friend. All right. Thanks, John. Bye, All right. And that was Rob A. from Indiana. All right. Okay. Only got a few more minutes here before we go. Call it an call it an evening, another evening, another Wednesday. I haven't heard back. You know, earlier in the show, if you joined us late, I was saying, you know what? I would love to uh, you know get another name for this show on Wednesday night. And I was thinking I'd use the name Nightfly. N i g h t f l y Nightfly. Or the night flight. I don't know. One of those two. I haven't heard anything back on it yet. No feedback on it yet. So if I don't hear anything, I figure, okay. Can't be any worse than what it is now. So anyways. All right. Uh, I believe Dawn will be back on Friday. For her show. Um, she had something, something happened. And she couldn't do it Friday. But she'll be doing it this Friday. Haven't heard from Julie, so I don't know really what to say. You know, if you guys are missing her or want to say hi to her, um, I don't know. In the meantime, I'm John Jeffers here at the Contra Radio Network saying thank you for listening in tonight. I appreciate it. It's been a little For my prepper and patriot friends out there, I say to you this. Be safe, be alert, and be vigilant. Things are going to get very interesting in the next couple months. I'm John Jeffers here at the Contra Radio Network saying good night and thank you for joining me. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.